Falun Gong is, is a religion of sorts, and it originates out of China. It is a very controversial religion in China because for a period of time, they were, they were really opposed by the Communist Party of China. They were, there was a big crackdown on them that began in 1999. And, and they sort of have been operating in the West as an opposition to the Communist Party in China, which is interesting because you sort of think of the Falun Gong as being anti-China, yet they're publications like the Epoch Times and NTDT are more, they're, they're still opposed to China, but they're sort of opposed to a, a China that existed 50 years ago. It's not sort of, it doesn't seem like it's today's China. And so in digging into this, I found something really interesting that there's the Falun Gong opposition or uh, tension with the Communist Party was with the former leader of the Communist Party. And in fact, there is some detente and maybe even some coordination between Xi the current leader of the Communist Party of China and Falun Gong, because they want to be reintegrated into China. And there might be some sort of arrangement there where Xi gets a lot of support from them in the in their media empire around the world in exchange for him letting them back into China. That made me really flip my switch because I was like, okay, that rearranges things in a way that makes sense. It makes sense then that they can be both in Xi's camp and also in Trump's camp at the same time. Are, are they in Xi's camp? Because I, I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that. Like for what I've seen with mostly with their propaganda is they're anti-CCP, which is the yes. Chinese Communist Party, right? Which is what Xi theoretically is in charge of. Yeah, the the way they, I, it's the anti-government basically, right? It's anti. It's trying to bring down in the same way that they're trying to bring the United States down, honestly, which is to attack the government. Except there is um, very positive coverage of Xi, and that's sort of the interesting thing that I was talking to a. One oh, of my sources, Xi gets a lot of support and, and Jiming is, is considered the guy that needs to be arrested and the bad guy and all of this. But <laughs> Xi, Xi was being, has been given a lot of positive coverage by the Epoch Times, which is interesting. That People is interesting. speculate that maybe that has to do with the fact that there is some sort of arrangement back there behind the scenes. And of course, the world of Chinese influence operations is very confusing. I and mean, it's not often a straight line. And oftentimes, they will run um, controlled oppositions. They're very good at this kind of stuff in a very underhand right. way. And it's very hard to see where, they, where their allegiances lie. But when you look at the Donald Trump universe, boy, there's a lot there of China. Is. There's a lot of China. There, there. is. <laughs> right? <laughs> so according to the USA Today recently, there was a lot of funding of the Proud Boys that came through a, an, an online Indiegogo site, Indiegogo site that came from mostly Chinese nationals, which surprised me. And apparently not the first time. Apparently that's a great way for the militias or Proud Boys or whatever to fundraise is going onto these kind of obscure fundraising sites and getting money from individual Chinese or other Asian nationals. That's one uh, fact point to keep, to keep in, in mind here. Then of course there's Wendy Deng, who is, Murdoch's, are they still married? I can't tell. I think they're divorced. And, but she's a known spy. She's a known spy, yeah. right? And she's identified by the US intelligence community as a spy. She's friends with Jared Kushner and Ivanka uh, Trump. And she's been in Murdoch's ear for many years. And it's quite, it's not clear what the arrangement was there, but she's still close to the Murdoch's. She also dated Putin, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yes. Which is also interesting for a, a Chinese known spy. And in fact, she was the person who brought Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner together when they were thinking about breaking up. She encouraged them to, to get back together and stay together, which is about as close as you're going to get to Donald Trump in this world. Except if you're Sheldon Adelson and still alive, and or Miriam Adelson, because they gave him $40 million. And they gave Trump $40 million for his campaign 
campaign. They gave the GOP $40 billion as well for their campaign in 2016. Hiddleston, of course, is dead, but his wife still has a huge control of his Sands empire, which is the gambling and casino empire, which is now left America. They're no longer an American company. They're now uh, totally based in Macau. Guess what? A Chinese territory. Um, and she where, got the the Presidential Medal of Freedom, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Absolutely, because she was free <laughs> to leave the country. Uh, and, and, and then, so I, I just wonder about Adelson so much there. And, and of course, tied to Netanyahu and what have you, it just becomes a very yeah. you know, incestuous thing. And of course, we can't leave out uh, Eric um, Prince because he worked directly for the Chinese for. I don't know how many years, but he's, you know, only got uh, fired, I guess, last or this year after his little foray into Libya, which was, you know, caught by the United Nations. But these are all principal people around Donald Trump. These are not sort of like faraway lackeys. These are people that are involved in the Donald Trump universe and got him elected. And there's a lot of Chinese uh, influence there. Let's, let's just call it Chinese influence. I don't know if any of you want to and, and, mention And we that. haven't even talked about, we're talking about all this money. We haven't even talked about the inaugural fund yet. Elliot Brody was pardoned for not registering as a foreign agent for China. He was working on behalf of, of China and Malaysia. Was it China? I thought it was... It was a UAE, oh, wasn't it? UAE, Malaysia, and China, I believe. Oh, it was right, because of 1MDB. That's correct. You're that's right. right. That's China. right, 1MDB. Thank you. I'll put him onto my charts. I'm not sure I could fit him in, but I'm going to try. So it's quite, it's quite a scenario. You've got a lot of people in that world that seem to back, that seem to back Donald Trump. It's also, you can't have this conversation without really underlining the fact that Vladimir Putin and Xi are tied to the hip strategically. They have been building something together for decades. In fact, you could argue that uh, Chinese-Russian partnership has existed for so long that it's just, it's almost like they're one unified entity dating back to the early Communist Party days. And so you, you can't have this conversation about Trump being supported by Russia or by China without acknowledging that these two are just really close. And they don't really do very much without each other. But certainly, if you're going to ask me who the top dog in that relationship is, it's going to be Xi, just simply because of the amount of money that China has to spend on these efforts to destabilize the world. And Putin loves money. You know, one of the questions that was asked today by Officer Dunn was, who sent the hitman? Right. Right. Who sent the guy who sent the hitman is actually the question I want to know. That's, yeah, that's the thing. Just one last little data point before I leave China completely alone. This was interesting and it's sort of, I missed this whole uh, bit of news coverage that happened. And it turns out that in 2017, there was this, I guess it ran through WeChat, which is the Chinese version of WhatsApp. Thank Messenger? you. WhatsApp, Messenger. Messenger. Yeah. It was WhatsApp. Because was, and you could also spend money on WeChat. So they had this mm -hmm. huge 8,000 person community or something like that, that allowed top Chinese officials access to Donald Trump and GOP. So we're talking about intelligence officials, Communist Party officials, you name it, all finding their way into Donald Trump's orbit, I'm sure for money, or a certain donation or whatever. But that's uh, that's interesting to me that even in 2017, and uh, once he was in office, the Chinese still ran an influence ring around around Trump. So when he says he's anti-China or no one's been tougher on China, he is lying. That's a lot to take in because then you've got China and you've got Steve Bannon particularly involved with China since the internet gaming thing may not sound like China, but it really is China. It was based in Hong Kong and it sounds like they were using cheap Chinese labor to basically make some money off World of Warcraft, but they were obviously developing yeah. something else early on. And so you've got something that starts in 20, 2005, an influence machine that builds all the way in 2005. You've got this NTDT, which suddenly becomes this massive network that operates around the world in 37 countries. 
and you've got a an Epoch Times network, which is a a, a, new, a newspaper network, which is vast and still producing content to this day to in, in terms of in print, which no one does. Like, I mean, no newspapers choose to go to print, but these guys do. And according to my sources, there are two main plants of, of NTD sort of content farming that happens around the world. One is in Australia and one is in the US. And Australia is very important because it's in the same time zone as Beijing. So it's very easy for them to create that content. And the US is interesting because, well, it's just the United States. That's what they're targeting. There's also a big presence here in Canada where I am. And it's certainly the, the, the project all the way into 2016 was to create as much content as possible and on a farm basis to support Donald Trump into the elections. And it also included a campaign, which I mentioned earlier, a Facebook campaign. And by the way, all their properties reached on Facebook was only 3 billion views on Facebook, just all the Epoch Times properties together. And it's one last little data point here, although I said I was almost done, but the one last data point was that they had a big symposium in Australia after they lost the election in 2020, Trump lost the election in 2020, to discuss strategies for disinformation going forward. Like, why would an Epoch Times want to have a, a symposium with like a, a whole bunch of people flying in around the world to talk about how they're going to target disinformation efforts in, in the English-speaking world in Australia, of all places, in the middle of a virus? I just, it's all suspicious. It's all suspicious. Yeah, well, because there's a lot of sketchy shit going on in Australia, unfortunately, these days. And yeah. Epoch Times is, it is, I think, arguably the largest disinformation company on in, on the planet. Every single time I went to a YouTube video to, to research something or to watch anything almost that had to do with anything in this zone, there would always be a four-minute Epoch Times video. Yeah with some very crisp looking young people who kind of speak in, in slightly hip language and then suddenly start to veer off into this fucking bananas Q adjacent propaganda. And it's not really even Q adjacent. Some of it is just Q. Some of the stuff I'm just like, I was like, wow, this is just Q. Yeah. This basic satanic cult stuff. Now a lot of it's All been that. taken off, but it's there. Yeah. You know? But, but it was, and it was paid for and Google was making an enormous amount of money, obviously from running these ads because they were long ads and they are, you could skip through them, but um, not before you get a big old, what the fuck before, <laughs> before you can hit skip ads. And, and just imagine how many times it takes in order to get to 3 billion impressions, right? Like, right, right. That's, that's what you're talking about. It's a lot. And so here they are supporting an insurrectionist movement, which is decidedly anti-communist. I mean, that's sort of the movement is about stopping the Democrats from turning America into a communist country like communist China. And it looks to us, it looks to me, I'll say it like that, the communist party is himself funding this this organization perhaps i'll say and funding these militia groups or at least the movement or the disinformation movement around these militia groups to create events like january 6th and it's a it's hard to take and i'm sure if if and when they finally realize that i think the people who showed up for the insurrection will be very shocked that in fact there was funding maybe i don't know you, you have to wonder because because look i think there's a if for your average person who has been brainwashed by this cult it's going to take a lot more than a bit of evidence to mm -hmm. change their mind right right they're going a lot of people need to have a lot of there needs to be a a, a long process to work with them to to get them reconnected to the world and just showing them evidence that they're wrong is actually 
the opposite of what works unfortunately oh, interesting because they just if think you give too- if you give them evidence then it mm-hmm. means that you're obviously on the other side right you're obviously right. a disinformation agent and therefore you are the enemy and so now i may not have liked you before now i hate Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of the cult is to to set that barrier up between the reality between reality and, and this. What what does this too is important? This too is important for the commission. I think that when it comes out of the witnesses that need to be interviewed by the one six commission, I do feel that they need to have some kind of psychological or psychiatry, somebody who is a doctor who can speak to these things, to speak to how these things are formed, to speak to the people and tell them exactly what was done. Mm-hmm. I think that will be yep. a very important expert to have on this panel. I agree with you. And yeah. I know the great guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Steve, that? Steven <laughs> Hassan. Oh, I not you, me, not on Jim that. Hassan would be a no. great guy. We've got to get him uh, on the show. Steve. Actually, I've been dying to get him on the show because Steve is a, a cult he's, expert, really. The cult yeah, expert. Yeah, that's, yes. Yeah, I, I think arguably the best in the world. You've, you mentioned how um, impressive it looks at, at Epoch Times and an NTD TV, whatever they call themselves. It is a very good looking network. They've spent a lot of money. And I can tell you from working in television for more than a minute, it's really expensive to produce all the stuff and make it look good and have it in 37 languages around the world and running an influence machine. I don't care how popular your religion is, but it can't be that popular that you can run a newspaper and a TV operation this on this scale and a YouTube operation which is so expansive. And kudos to Ben Collins at uh, NBC News who wrote the article about Trump and QAnon and the rise of the Epoch Times by using this Facebook content to fuel that rise. It's a good article. And if you have any questions or doubts about some of the things I'm saying, I'd, I'd highly recommend you read that. But there's more going on behind the scenes, which is fascinating to me because it's not just the Epoch Times, it's not just the NTD, but there's a community in WeChat, apparently, and that is continuing to foster this this kind of conspiracy theory world, but also very directly giving instructions to people in militias to, to take certain actions. I'm going to show you some examples. These are verified examples and these are translated. So I'm going to try, I'll try to show you some of these and get your reaction. This guy is, he's well known in the Epoch Times universe as being, you know, one of these people. And here he is supporting Kyle Rittenhouse and the Fight Back Foundation's director fighting for Chinese activists Bob Fu in case charging billionaire Chinese meat executive with making terrorist threats. And then it's Lynn Wood is the, is the person he tags. Lynn Wood, who's a lawyer to Donald Trump, also attached to some of this Epoch Times propaganda that we're seeing. Here is the same guy retweeting, I guess uh, Michael Flynn had a premiere of a documentary on the network, Empires Come and Go, Nation States Fall, Are We Still Growing as the Beacon Hope of for the rest of the world? Question mark. I still believe that. But we, but uh, we will not last forever. Michael Flynn getting some primetime coverage there and at the NTD networks and at Epoch Times. This was a disinformation effort around Cam- Kamala Harris. I, it's been blurred out because it shows some it's not flattering pictures of naked people. But the point here is that they were making seeding anti-Kamala content into this space. And then one more here. Uh, get it up. This is the kind of content that they were putting out in WeChat groups and elsewhere, just really deriding Joe Biden. And if you look at the whole Hunter Biden laptop incident, a lot of it was originated in this world of Epoch Times and NTD. Here's one where they, <clears throat> they're seizing back America. This is a translation on the site here. They're reshaping the education, the plague of the BLM movement, 
talks about Mark Bites viol uh, violence and revisionist view of history, cancel culture. This is all stuff we're seeing manifesting now in 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 the, in the race theory stuff that we're seeing. And it originates way, way back in 2020 on Epoch Times. The timing puts them very early in the evolution of some of these stories. And it, there's some instructions here about some militia groups. The point of all of this is to say that within Epoch Times' network and the NTD network, there's also a social community, which is not only potentially sending funds through WeChat and else and other groups and, and other platforms to support the Proud Boys and militia groups, but also seeding disinformation and instructions to those militia groups. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me in the least, right? All of these adversaries have the same goal. The goal is to destroy democracy. It's really as simple as that, in, in my view. And wherever they can find a large audience to spew that that propaganda, they will do it, including in China. doesn't matter who's, what language it's in or any of it. If yeah. there is a place for them to, to promote it, they'll do it. And all of the, the stuff that you were showing there is super typical of Guo, who right. does that, that kind of stuff all the time. And in fact, the, the Hunter Biden laptop video and all that stuff showed up first on network, his personal network, G4 right. or something like that. Yeah, talk about Guo a little bit more. He's interesting because he's obviously Bannon's, when Bannon was arrested, it was on Guo's yacht, his fancy yacht, looking a little drunk and disheveled. But there certainly is a long-term relationship between those two. And Guo's a billionaire who, for the longest time, we always used to think of as being anti-communist party as well. But yet he seems to somehow still be tied in to what's going on in China. I just wanted to mention, when you showed those slides, mm. and mentioning right now in Texas, and I'm not sure exactly of the status, but there is a lawsuit in Texas between Bob Fu and Guo right now. Oh, really? And Yes, yes. That's interesting. There's, one of them is suing the other. Bob <laughs> Fu, I believe, is suing Guo. And the parts of the lawsuit that I've been able to read so far is sort of outlining basically who is for and who is against the CCP. And, and those two are sort of battling it out in the court right now. Interesting. Interesting. Because probably, it's probably just a money laundering exercise. That's often how these things turn out. But it's, uh, that's really interesting. I'd love to see that court case. Yes. Thanks for sharing that. We'll be right back. This portion of the show is brought to you by Policy Genius. There is no better time than now to apply for life insurance. Each year you postpone getting life insurance can bring higher rates. But comparing quotes from more than a dozen top insurers is easy with Policy Genius. You can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. Policy Genius's licensed uh, experts are reliable because they work for you, not insurance companies. So they'll guide you through every step of the insurance buying process. Policy Genius's excellent service has been endorsed by thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Due to their award-winning policy that it does away with medical exams in favor of a phone call, you can get covered in as little as a week. The exclusive policy was recently rated number one by Forbes, higher than any other option from Ladder, Ethos, and Bestow. Visit policygenius.com and work out your coverage needs in minutes and find out the best pr price for life insurance. And Policy Genius will take care of the paperwork and scheduling at no cost to you. They never sell you information to other companies or add on extra fees. Head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to be right. That's very nice of them to sponsor the show. It's very important for us sponsors to be supported by you too, because we don't get to do these shows if we don't get any funding. And uh, that's where all the funding comes from. So we're back now with Jim and Joe. Uh, give us your thoughts as we 
to close out the show about all the stuff related to China, but how all of this would tie into a still unraveling story of how January the 6th happened and, and who funded it and how it uh, originated. So there's a lot, I think, that still needs to be uncovered. A couple of things stood out as I was going through and we were discussing, I think, on a prior show, we talked a lot about the 1AP, the First Amendment Praetorian. Mm. And one of the things that came out of listening to interviews with Robert Patrick Lewis, the leader of 1AP, he's an author and he wrote a series of books called The Pact. And in that, the plot basically is China, Russia, and Hezbollah attack the United States through unconventional warfare. He's, he said that he's not finished yet with the third book. I kind of wonder he doesn't if he's writing ending. it right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. So wait, so when was the book written? It's actually, this is really important stuff. So when was it written? I think I'm not sure exactly when it was written. I might've been a couple of years ago, maybe 2017. Okay. Okay. I'm not exactly sure I didn't purchase it. Right. I, I might actually purchase it. I might uh, go into the dark <laughs> side because I want to read that. Yeah. It sounds like it's very um, prescient. Yeah, I believe that there's two, and, and again, that that information, and, and just another thing I just wanted to, to, to say, when we looked at the Michael Flynn picture, the 1AP said that on December 18th, they drove Mike Flynn and I believe it was Sidney Powell to the White House for their meeting, with the, uh, to have that meeting on December 18th. Having that proximity to Mike Flynn having unconventional warfare as a background, as a Green Beret, having that knowledge and information, writing the writing this sort of book that he you know, uh, has written, it really does sort of raise flags and make you wonder what exactly is happening. Mike Flynn, it's very easy to sort of forget the fact, we look at him now and say, oh, he was the guy that got pardoned because he lied to Pence. We really have to understand Mike Flynn used to be DIA, yeah. Defense Intelligence Agency, and the National Security Advisor this man knows intelligence and he knows disinformation. Mm -hmm. These are Plus things he's got that all the Russian training understand. he got. So he's, well, he's trained a by two countries. Guy. He's yeah. Yeah. Right. He, uh, he's 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 trained for exactly this. He he ran these ops in Afghanistan. He you know he, that's that's what he does is runs psyops always has, and he's been doing it on the American people 2015, 2016. Unbelievable. And it, he's still it, doing it today. And it's interesting sure that the is. pact was written by 2015. So when you look at the timing of all of this, and it certainly does ramp up in the 2014, 2015 range for that book to have been written then by Robert Patrick Lewis, who at that point was just an author, right? No one really knew who he was. That is interesting. I, that's a really interesting fact point and worth really digesting. And your point about Flynn is hundred percent correct. This guy is a, he's probably one of the better trained people out there for this kind of psyop material. And I'm sure the Russians have given him a lot of ex extra education too. So they're full Steve. I can, Jim, you on the weekend had a, phenomenal clip that you put out Flint at a church receiving a gun, semi-automatic mm -hmm. gun, I think, and uh, yep. discussing an AR-15. Yeah. Unbelievable. And what, what was his comment? He said something about taking it to Washington or? Yeah. He got an, an AR-15 with a built-in silencer that cost $4,000 um, wow. as a gift on the stage of a church. Yeah, as you and do church. when, as as one does, yes. And, and when he got the, the the gun, he said, "I guess I'll just have to look for someone in D.C. in Washington D.C." And you know, it was a fairly obscure little event. And I and somebody who follows him very closely pointed me at this particular event. And because I'm a masochist, I went through all four hours and found all the good parts. I was really impressed with that <laughs> with that tweet. And thank you so much and, for putting it out there. It was really instructive uh, for everybody. I can't well, believe you can even it get was, a weapon. I'm, 
how can he even yeah. owe it? But he's like a convict. Um, yeah, he's a, <sighs> but he was pardoned, right? I know. So, but yes, yes, it's still crazy when you think. So about all of his, yes, it it is is extremely crazy, and yeah, he's he is trying to, and I do not mean to be overblown about this, but he is trying to create a civil war. I don't know if you saw the other tweets from that particular event, but there's a there was a video that introduced him where he's literally got a machine gun and he's like putting bullets in the deep state, which is DC. This is right after he's on stage with a whole bunch of kids talking about how we can't teach these kids critical race theory and there's a little three-year-old boy like clapping like yay no critical race theory like how does it's how do crazy. these people live it with themselves i don't get it it's but, not how do they live with themselves why are they still out there i cannot believe that these guys are still out there perpetrating these are crimes i i to my mind they're crimes i'm not in the justice department but boy they look like crimes to me and and they are walking free i just don't get it i'm sure the pardon is effective for crimes committed in the past but it, it surely can be challenged for crimes going on right now. And I it's yeah, it doesn't count for crimes right now. And so I can point anyone at the billion cri crimes that he has committed. Yeah, I have them all. I'm sure you recorded. do. And so it's just stunning to me that these the Flint <laughs> brothers are just wandering around from event to event every week, radicalizing people, fomenting civil war, probably getting paychecks from Russia, China, and whomever else wants to send them money. And I mean, overseeing and, our Pacific forces. And overseeing our yeah. Pacific forces, because that's a good idea. <laughs> to be fair, Charles doesn't go around to each of these these locations because he's busy he's in the commanding 90,000 90, goddamn American troops, which Charles, by the way, actively prevented the National Guard from going to the Capitol yep. because of optics. Yeah. That's what he, he said. He said, I'm optics. worried about the optics. This is after he gets promoted literally two weeks before the insurrection in order to put him in a position where he can make that argument. And, and then they just go ahead and give it to him. Well, they, that that's what I, hell, I don't get. That was get. a hell of a Thanksgiving. I get that Millie sounds like a really good guy and is out there doing all, all, all the good stuff that he needed to do. It seems to in the book that Philip Rucker and Carol Lennig put out. And Millie comes across as looking like a, a decent bloke. But in reality, they still gave the Pacific command to Flynn. And I don't get that. I don't understand why that makes sense. And I don't feel like there's been enough attention still paid on what the military did that day and why they chose to delay for so long. And it took them hours to send the National Guard in. And it just does not make sense that right there in front of their eyes, they were seeing what was happening. Why did it take all of that? Why did it take the vice president to call the National Guard in? Why did that have to happen for that day to finally to end after listening to all these, these raw emotions from these uh, police officers today? It just It's maddening that so little has been done to investigate the military. It, it was a coup. Let's mm. be clear. They were, it, was a, it was a coup that was Attempted both coup. planned yeah. attempted but it, it was a coup attempt a real yeah. one and there were people in the pentagon who enabled it chris yeah. miller with the with the help of ezra cohen watnick and cash patel created a document that prescribed mm -hmm. uh, meaning the, the assistance of the national guard from going to the capitol without the permission of chris miller specific and chris miller is a was put in after Trump lost the election along with the other dude bros there mm -hmm. and and was was given carte blanche to create a scenario where it was possible for thousands of white nationalists 
to attack and breach the capital of the United States. Exactly. There is no question about that. That yeah. is in black and white. Yeah. And we still haven't done anything about any of them. And I am, needless to say, deeply concerned. Yeah, it is deeply Raskin, concerning. So Jamie Raskin made the point today that an attempted coup is just practice, right? It's right. the thing exactly. that comes before an actual coup. So the fact that, again, he's saying it on this commission, hopefully we will start to see some movement in that direction. But we're not seeing movement in the president is allowed to move people out of their commands. He's the commander in chief. He can yeah. say, hey, Mr. Yeah. Flynn, you know what? It's something else for you to do for the next few years. We're going to hand over the Pacific fleet to somebody else. But he's not doing that. And that to me makes me nervous. There's not much attention being paid to the military. And this along with what's not happening in the Justice Department and the latest Christopher Ray scandal doesn't give you the yeah. greatest amount of confidence in the way this, this executive is handling what is quite visibly a, an attempted coup um, operated by f our foreign adversaries, it seems, by Russia, China, and some of our friends. Well, this just doesn't seem to be an urgency around very obvious things that you could do, like just re redeploy him somewhere else or uh, fire Chris Miller if he's still there. And, and so with what yeah, he's still Chris, there. He's not. He's not there. Yeah. But, but you know, yeah. the one thing that gave me a little hope was Barrick. And I know you had Heidi on uh, last yeah. week talking about Barrick, who connects to all of these people, right? To Rudy, to, like to, to literally all of them. And they're, they're, and it may be wishful thinking. And I, God knows, I don't live my life on wishful thinking. Yeah. But you could see that there's a progression moving up the chain where Barrick is a middle ground between the, the Proud Boys and Roger Stone and the real perpetrator. It certainly does um, seem like they're closing in on Trump's world. And we're seeing some signs of that as well with Donald Trump Jr. and his lovely Fox News wife or ex-Fox News wife selling their Hamptons home. They're spending all their time doing these $500 cameo things that people do to raise money for supposedly their charities. But in Donald Trump Jr.'s case, it may be just for himself. There's a money situation that's beginning to be a problem for the Trumps uh, because of all these lawsuits, because of what's happening with Trump Org. They're obviously not able to access the same kind of cash that they were before. Plus legal fees. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, which is amazing considering he raised like $300 million after he lost. Right, right. So where is that? Right? He raised $300 million after he lost them by basically traumatizing and browbeating his existing donors by sending them, I don't know if you remember this, but hundreds and hundreds of emails saying, if you don't do this right now, like, terrible shit's going to happen and Donald Trump's going to hate you. Yeah. Like, it was pretty much like that. And he raised an enormous amount of money that had no purpose other than going directly into his pocket. And so yeah, the, the idea that they're doing $500 cameos is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? It could be that the money's also coming in from China and other places, but you're right. They, they, it doesn't look like they have cash flow happening in the way they used to. They probably don't have Weisselberg at their beck and call. Sorry, Joe, I cut you off <laughs> Yeah. That's okay. The January 6th commission is not the only committee that's looking into things as well. I think it's important to also understand that Sheldon Whitehouse has been pushing for more information into dark money, trying to understand mm -hmm. what's in these packs, where this money might be going. I think that we need to have pressure on our representatives to make sure that they are in fact working for us and going after the truth to save the democracy. Sheldon Whitehouse is one of those that has the opportunity to do that within his committee. So Lofgren yeah. is another one. And tomorrow she's having another house. I think she's a house rules or house administration chair. 
And she put forth a document that says, these are the people who promoted, incited an insurrection. These are the members of Congress that were, she put together an entire 2000 so, page yeah, document. It was an incredible document. This is, these are the members of Congress, what they said before, during, and after the insurrection. And each one of them sort of lays out through their own tweets, through their own Facebook posts, all the different things that they were doing. And within that information- I agree with you. I think that's sorry, it's very important that she gets to the bottom of that. Yeah, that the document is really impressive that she did. And there's a lot of great work being done in Congress and it's fantastic. And I think it's okay yeah. for people to pressure either, either on their social media accounts or on their, wherever they want to do it, you know, calling their senators or their Congress people, calling the White House or the DOJ. It's okay to say that you think Michael Flynn should be arrested. It's okay to say that Charles Flynn is shouldn't be in charge of the Pacific fleet. A lot yeah. of this ultimately is public pressure. So the more attention that is paid to it, the more media attention gets paid to it, the more stuff will change. And, and it's far from, yeah. another thing that's important is HR1. I mm -hmm. think that we look at why aren't things happening? Why isn't the president paying attention to what's going on in the Pacific forces? HR1 is the priority. We must pass HR1 for the People Act. We absolutely have to, the democracy, relies upon it. Yep, All your senators, we must pass HR1. That and there's uh, the infrastructure bill, which we'll see where that goes. There's lots happening. We'll see, uh, there's a huge legislative agenda, but that doesn't mean from an executive perspective that the White House can be doing something to try and mitigate some of these risks. Guys, we've got to go, but that was an amazing show. Thank you so much for being here. Jim Stewartson, the Q killer, the Q expert, I don't know what to call you, the Q catcher. Thank you very much for being here. <laughs> Thanks. Everyone should follow you at, at at Jim Stewartson, right? If I'm not mistaken. That's it. One of my favorite That's accounts it. to follow. It really is. And so follow him every day. And Joe Dempsey is always a regular on the show and does some phenomenal research for us. And we won't be around for a few weeks, meaning the, the narrative crowd won't be around for a few weeks. We're taking a tiny little break, although we will be here on Friday. But next week, there will not be a show. And the week after, I don't think there'll be a show because we need some retooling time and we need some investigating time and some relaxing time because this is a lot of work. So we want to thank you very much for staying as Patreon supporters. If you are on Patreon and keep supporting us because we really need that injection of funding, but we'll be back after that whole break with, with some phenomenal big news, which I can't share right now, but I can just say that's coming. So this will be the last Tuesday show in the season. And uh, on Friday, we'll be back with the last after show of the season. And I can feel the awes everywhere, but just a couple of weeks, we'll be right back after that. And we want to thank you very much for being supportive of Narrative. So thanks, Joe. Thanks, Jim. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.